thank you for joining me for Vibrant Life, episode 10. I'm Jessica Parker. I'm a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology, and I'm a fitness instructor. So I'm going to chat with you today about a very touchy subject. We're going to talk about meat. So it's definitely been a topic of discussion or I don't know about discussion, but people have been telling us <laughs> how to be lately with meat. And I really wanted to dive into this um, because it's a big part of my life. So if you don't already know, my family actually um, owns and operates Oregon Valley Farm. And we don't personally have the meat. We don't raise the meat. Um, we started that way, but then we grew too big and we found that it was super awesome and quite the win-win to partner with local farms in the Pacific Northwest um, who are actually like holding it to our standards. So it was great for them, it was great for the, for us, and um, it's been a very awesome journey and with those relationships. So we sell pasture-raised pork and chicken and then grass-fed and finished beef, no antibiotics, no added hormones. So all of that is super important um, to me, especially as a holistic health coach. And so when we started doing this, like I was very adamant about um, certain things that we were going to do and not do. And the sustainability piece is part of it as well, as well as um, humane treatment of the animals and um, the slaughter and all of that. So with that being said, um, I will say that I was vegetarian. I did a, an earlier podcast on that. So if you want to check that out, please do. Um, so I have feelings about it for sure. And when I was vegetarian, I was in my late teens and 20s. And I definitely saw meat in black and white terms. And I was used to seeing people like do lots of fast food. And I just thought it was bad for you. And, you know, I just didn't really... Um, do my own research or really know how to do my own research. I just kind of did what was trendy. And then um, I went to Alaska and it changed everything for me. <laughs> Again, you have to check out that podcast. But basically when I went up there, A, I didn't have a choice because I, um, well, when I went up there for my first winter experience during the summer, it was different. But I went up and stayed with a family um, for a couple of weeks who was homesteading like in the middle of nowhere and they were way up north and it was dead of winter um, 30 to 60 below when I was up there and so like I had to eat whatever they had and um, anyway without going into it because again you can go listen to that podcast um, I love talking about Alaska I miss it but it was quite a an eye-opener to me and um a I ate the meat it was delicious and um definitely a different taste even um than conventionally raised meat if you have tried both you might not even like it I didn't actually like with ground beef I didn't like it at first um because I was used to grain finished so um but now I will never ever go back but the biggest thing that impacted me was seeing the sustainable lifestyle and how people would hunt and they would feed their family with a caribou or moose and um, how thankful they were and that it wasn't just, oh, let's just go to the store or go to McDonald's. And it just had such a deeper meaning and better feel to me um, that it actually kind of allowed me to start looking at things a little differently and learning more like, okay, well, you know, as 
life progressed and I um, went for my master's degree and um, got certified as a holistic health coach. Then I started diving into nutrition more and like understanding and I wasn't just closed off to it because I had chose a certain lifestyle. Um, and I'm not at all trying to pass judgment on anybody. If you're vegan or vegetarian, that's totally, I absolutely respect that. But I also ask for respect in return. And my body does a lot better um, with me. It just does on a lot of levels. Energy, I was always, always low on iron no matter what I did. Um, yeah, I just feel better and stronger and have more stamina with me in my diet personally. That's me speaking about myself and my body. So we are all different. Um, but, you know, with meat comes like three different main categories. One is the health piece. Number two um, is the envir environment piece. And I will, maybe there's a fourth. I mean, number three is economy, but I guess the fourth would be animal like treatment. I almost wanted to put that in um, environment or health, you know, but it's, um, we'll put it in its own category. But I have to say, I mean, what people really need to be looking at is the difference between sustainable agriculture and industrial agriculture. It's such a huge difference, you guys, and it's really not very wise to put it all in one category um, because there are ramifications that run deep and wide that um, I don't think people really quite understand unless you're willing to um, put your emotions aside for a second and actually look at all of it. Uh, Rob Wolf is a guy that I love to follow. He's um, kind of paleo keto guy and has an awesome um, podcast. And on his website, he has a writer, Mike Ritter, who says, want to feed the world, buy food from sustainable sources, want to save the planet, buy food from sustainable sources, into human rights, buy food from sustainable sources, want to become incredibly healthy, buy food from sustainable sources. And I couldn't agree more. Um, we are putting ourselves in danger if we just want to like cut something entirely out without looking at how it will um, have a trickle down effect. In fact, um, uh, Diana Rogers has a sustainable dish website and she also has a documentary called um, Sacred Cow. I would highly recommend her information um, and she talks about um, the fact that if animal products were eliminated, so dairy, meat, all the things, it would eliminate it. It would only reduce greenhouse gases by 2.6%. And yet we would experience nutrient deficiencies and we just would. And I know, you know, people will argue, well, no, because you can do this and that and the other. But as a holistic health coach, I promise you that would be a very, very, very hard uphill battle to get people to do what they need to do plus being able to afford it um, in terms of being healthy. It really would. And I um, see a huge problem with like out of control, um, out of control carbs. Um, I see a lot of inflammation and chronic disease surrounding that. And when people remove that and um, put some more holistic and even fattier and higher protein things in their diet, I'm not saying it always has to be animal-based, but I see a huge, huge, huge improvement in so many ways. Labs, how people feel, their weight, even like mental health stuff. Absolutely. But what us humans tend to do is go for the easiest thing. And then it's also, again, 
um, affordability. And so people will go toward processed stuff up the yin yang. And <clears throat> pardon me, there's so many problems associated with that. So speaking of that, um, the Impossible Burger is one example of this, you know, and again, this is lumping it in to one category. So I look at like sustainable farming versus industrial as like McDonald's, you know, versus like holistic eating type of thing. And same thing with Impossible Burger is like the junk food of the of the vegetarian world. Um, I'm not even sure if this would be considered vegan or not, but probably. Yes, it would be. No animal. I think so. Anyway, um, but I really encourage people, if you're wanting to be a vegetarian or vegan, please don't eat this junk. I'm sorry, but look at look at what you're eating. I had a hard time. I went to their website and I couldn't even find a legit, like, transparent list of ingredients. It's a lot of pretty pictures and pretty words and um, kind of like tiptoeing around actual ingredients which is a really, really big red flag to me. It, this stuff is processed up the yin yang, you guys. And it says 19 grams of protein, no hormones or antibiotics, which, you know, uh, my family um, sells pasture-raised meat and we don't do animal hormones or antibiotics um, added to our meat. Um, then it says zero milligrams of cholesterol. Please go back and listen to my podcast on cholesterol. We actually need cholesterol and we have actually more of a problem in our culture with not enough cholesterol, um, testosterone tanks, a lot of um, depression and anxiety, mental health stuff, behavioral stuff. So um, there is, I looked up some information from a more um, objective website um, talking about what actually is in the web or in the Impossible Burger since I couldn't find it on their website. And they talk about how it is marketed as healthy and environmentally responsible, which, you know, I read that on their site, but that doesn't make it so. In fact, I think about like factory um, production versus having a cow in a field, you know, on a sustainable farm and the difference there um, on so many different levels, like pollution, chemicals, um, you know, not to mention the ground in that um, when you have cattle, and livestock, what they do to like re-enrich the soil, um, not happening in a manufacturing plant. The key ingredient that gives the Impossible Burger its meaty taste, I'm reading this, and makes it makes it bleed like meat when cut is soy legohemoglobin. I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly. SLH is derived from genetically engineered yeast. So the FDA refused to sign off on the safety of SLH, which has never been in the human food supply before. Anybody having little red flags go off, little alarms? Um, the FDA is also concerned that SLH may be an allergen, which is a huge problem. Again, back to the inflammation, we have such a high level of inflammation um, that chronic disease and autoimmune conditions are higher than ever. Um, and inflammation impacts, again, like mental health, um, behavior, all the things. And so it's a little funny to me when people, you know, look at this kind of stuff and it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, but don't bat an eye when it's like everybody has mental health stuff. Everybody is overweight. Everybody has autoimmune conditions. It's fine. We'll just ignore that piece of it. Um, the Impossible Burger contains a number of other ingredients that are derived from genetically modified organisms, which is not 
a good idea. I'm sure you already know that. So um, I'm just saying, look into what you're eating. I know that that is, again, an example of the McDonald's vegetarian. There are, I know lots of vegetarians and vegans, and I was one myself, and um, so it's different. There, there are different types. There's a wide variety, and I'm just encouraging you to pay attention to what you're actually putting in your body. And if you're... Um, if your argument is like health and environment, then I don't think that the Impossible Burger matches that. And I would think that you would agree. <laughs> we talked um, a little bit about the health. Um, and again, like that's the part where it gets pretty personal. And, you know, I know how my body feels on meat versus not. And that's where I do truly feel like that needs to be a personal decision. We need to um, get back to that lost art called respect. <laughs> it doesn't happen very much these days and really just have respect for one another and choices. So that's one piece of it. But I have to bring up to you all, there is a bill being pro proposed in Oregon. Basically, they are suggesting IP 13, sorry, Oregon bill IP 13. It is not a bill yet, but it's being proposed essentially. Um, so I, they need to get like a certain amount of signatures by 2022 from my understanding. So this would criminalize, criminalize raising food animals in the state of Oregon and reclassify animal husbandry practices as, have a seat please for this, sexual assault. The bill spe specifies that animals can only be eaten after, again, I hope you're sitting down, dying of natural causes. And at this point, we all know you're not gonna wanna eat the meat. If it's dying of natural causes, it's diseased or it's too old to be good for you. So um, I think it's ludicrous. <laughs> um, I would be shocked if it passed, but there's that, that is happening. So the fact that it's even out there is very, very interesting. Um, but, you know, we've also just been told by Biden that we need to be eating like one burger a month or something like that. So, um, again, back to the like, let's have a conversation about how meat is being raised, um, what's how it's being processed and all the things instead of just cutting it out altogether. Because, you know, when you just eliminate something altogether, what are you going to do to the bigger picture, to our economy, to health? And what about the biodiversity of our, of our soil? Um, I don't think that's really being taken into consideration. And so with plant crops, you're actually um, depleting soil of the nutrients, like doing the monocropping type of thing. And um, livestock do a wonderful job of helping to like, kind of refeed the, the soil. And so that cannot be ignored um, as much as, you know, we would like to. Um, again, I love animals. You know, I kind of get like a little bit where people are like, whatever, I kind of get that. Um, but that's why it's really important to me that our animals are treated so humanely. And even, I know that nobody likes this word, but the slaughter is humane. It's so important to me. And, and that cannot be ignored. So I have to bring up this thing. <laughs> um, I heard it the other day somewhere, um, but in Sweet oh, Norwegian researchers, they actually, and this is an old article, and so I'm curious as to what the conversation is now. It's uh, 2007, I'll link to it. But what I heard was that, um, that people, 
I don't, I'm not sure who, but had proposed um, killing off a bunch of moose uh, because in Norway, uh, the amount of CO2 per year they thought was like super dangerous. And <laughs> a grown moose belches out methane gas equivalent to 2,100 kilograms of carbon dioxide a year contributing to global warming, Norwegian researchers said. Um, it's interesting because this article now has a little like, um, I don't know, warning, a little, not warning, but a little like note. This article was published more than 10 years ago, some information and it may no longer be current. So I'm, I'm just really curious. Well, when it comes to, um, the carbon emissions, back to what, um, Diana Rogers said that if animal products were eliminated, it would only reduce greenhouse gases by 2.6%, right? Well, um, a well-managed farm helps sequester carbon. That's very, very important and needs to be part of the discussion. And then back to the biodiversity, again, that we would be losing without them. So what happened during the virus is interesting. So the United States, our um, global carbon emissions during the virus, when people were like hanging out at home um, in 2020, plunged by roughly 2.4 billion tons, a 7% drop from 2019, the largest decline on record triggered by worldwide COVID-19 restrictions. So I'm just saying that perhaps we look at other things and not really point the finger at meat um, because there are too many good things in terms of health, economy, biodiversity of our environment um, that would be lost and very detrimental as a trickle down effect. Even the people who think they would not be impacted would be, would be impacted greatly. We cannot take that out of the discussion. Now, the um, industrial agriculture, yes, things need to change there. And we saw some of that during um, the first part of um, the pandemic where um, different plants were shut down. And I have a hard time just knowing how like workers from, from my understanding are kind of like in their tight like sardines and working really long hours. And so in my health coaching mind, I'm thinking these people are probably overworked, stressed, low immune systems, they're really close together, all the things, which just is like the perfect storm in terms of coronavirus. And so many had to shut down because of it because the virus like ran through like wildfire. So let's have a discussion on different choices and how to do things better instead of just kind of flippantly removing things altogether and then paying the consequences um, that could be avoided. All right, you guys. So um, that's it for today. Uh, my podcast is supported by actually my family owned and operated business, Oregon Valley Farm, where we ship sustainably raised, hormone free, or it's added no added hormones, I should say, and antibiotic-free pasture-raised pork and chicken, and then grass-fed and finished beef to your door. So if you're interested, check our website, um, the FAQs to make sure we ship to your state. We do not ship to all states. Um, OregonValleyFarm.com. You can find us on Facebook, Oregon Valley Farm, or on Instagram, again, Oregon Valley Farm. And you can find me at HealthWithJess.com. 
Facebook, Health with Jess, and then Instagram is Health with Jessica. So you guys have a fantastic day and I would love to have a discussion if anybody's wanting to talk a little bit about it, but I'm not interested in um, people bullying each other and just trying to ram your own like emotions and feelings and opinion on other people. Um, I'd really like to have an open-minded, respectful discussion. All right, have an awesome day.